For our scripture, this morning we invite your attention to the Old Testament, to the book of 2 Kings, the second chapter. We would like to begin reading with verse number 8, 2 Kings, chapter 2, beginning with verse number 8. Second Kings, <coughs> second chapter, beginning with verse number eight. These words are recorded. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee and Elisha said I pray thee let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah, that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. We read for you hearing from Second Kings, the second chapter verses 8 through verse number 14. May the Lord continue to bless us through his mighty word. From these verses of scripture, we would like to use for a subject time to go on your own. Time to go on your own. Most Bible students notice that Elijah shows up at a very dark time in Israel's history. Ahab had provoked God more than any other king. For Ahab made a grove and 
He did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. You see, Ahab was not so much a wicked man as he was a weak man. He became the pawn of a very crafty, unscrupulous, cruel woman. He fell under the wicked sway of Jezebel's spirit. After Ahab married this woman of Phoenician descent, she, she immediately went to work trying to destroy Israel. She built a temple to Ashtoreth in Jezreel. She built a commune that supported 450 priests of Baal. She built a temple in Samaria, tore down the altars of Jehovah at Carmel, and replaced them with shrines and groves. She began to persecute the priests and prophets of Jehovah throughout the land. But in the midst of all the confusion, here comes Elisha. He served for five to ten years, and after that he picks up a young man that God had ordained to work with him. His name was Elisha. Elijah spent somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to ten years uh, with Elisha. Most of his training was accomplished during this particular time. Most of us are not aware of what took place at that time. You see, when you go around Elijah, he was a diligent student and he took careful notes of everything that Elijah did. And we need to understand that influence is a very powerful tool. Uh, we all have it. We all use it every day. Those who are around us are being shaped by whatever actions and deposits we are placing in their lives. If you hang around with thinkers, and you will be a better thinker. If you hang around with spiritually hungry people, you will get hungrier for the Lord. If you hang around with positive folk, uh, 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 you're going to find yourself becoming more positive. Hang around with people who are accomplishing something in their lives and you'll see you will begin to. Hang around with winners and you will be a better winner. However, on the contrary, hang around with a bunch of complaining, griping, whining knuckleheads and You'll get better at that also. You see, Elisha got the most out of his relationship with Elijah, and it would show in him later on in his life. For you see, based on the time of the Jordan, the time will come when you have to go alone. You see, in 2 Kings, within our text, it said he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. After Elijah had left, Elijah was alone. He was facing the Jordan River that had been crossed just a few hours earlier. But the difference now is that Elijah is all by himself. 
Elijah had conveyed to Elisha that there will be times when you will be all by yourself. Uh, too often God's vision, uh, his mission, and his burden will only be accomplished in solitary places. Uh, somehow Elijah could almost hear Elijah telling him not to let the loneliness shake him. Uh, Elijah was reminded that Elijah was God's man. He was reminded how he would face Ahab in the rural courts. He did it alone. He was reminded how he had watched a brook, a cherub, dry up. He did it alone. Uh, he was reminded how he had to ask the widow at Zarephath for her last meal. He was by himself. Uh, he was reminded that he had to face death and pray for a dead child all by himself. Uh, uh, he would face the wicked priest of Baal all alone and mock Baal and the priest all by himself. Uh, uh, you see, he would have to pray for a downpour of rain all by himself. Uh, had to battle depression under a juniper tree all alone. Uh, had to minister, be ministered to by angels in the voice of God's direction all by himself. No matter how you look at it, there are going to be times when you will have to face calamities in life alone. See, that's why private prayer is so important. And that's why wrestling in prayer is so important. That, that's why fasting for a breakthrough uh, is also so important. That, that's why meditation on the word uh, is so important because all of these avenues are generally hidden away uh, somewhere from the prying eyes of the unsanctified. It is in these times that we find dependence on God the Father. So, so Elisha learned that you will have to go alone sometimes. Uh, he also understood the importance that when you're alone, uh, you have some trade-offs in life. You see, Elisha, I, I did not get to this place in life just because he would just think of it in his mind. Uh, uh, in that route, he had to decide to do something about getting where God would have him to be. Uh, uh, he had some trade-offs in life. Uh, uh, you remember, if you look back in 1 King, that, that, that Elijah, uh, he was the son of uh, Shaphat. Uh, and while he was plowing with 12 yoke of auction before him, and, and he was with the 12, uh, the prophet Elijah came by him cast his mantle upon him uh, and Elijah left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said hold on my brother uh, let me go kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow thee. Uh, uh, Elijah said unto him uh, go ahead on back for what have I done to thee? Uh, uh, Elijah was saying it wasn't me who called you it was God who called you. And when Elijah went back, uh, the Bible said that he, he, he killed the oxen, 
cooked them and fed the people, got up and ran after and began to minister unto Elijah. You see, Elijah was exposed to a prophet. And, and during his day, uh, during this time, it, it was no different than what our time is today. During then, it was a backslidden nation uh, with the religious system totally devoid and bankrupt of spiritual power. Jehovah worship was mixed with Baal worship. Uh, there was a corrupt king, just like today, a corrupt president and a corrupt congress. Uh, churches under the so-called religious right that are allowing the nation to be swept up into paganism. Uh, uh, but you see, when one receives the call of mission and prophecy, there suddenly becomes a call that is higher than life. Uh, Elijah, he left his farm. Uh, Elijah left his family. Uh, uh, he had a mantle that was cast about him. He was the only one who could make a determination as to how valuable the mantle was going to be in his life. You see, uh, if things have a great value, you have to leave what you think is important. Uh, he left the farm, uh, he left the family, the oxen was sacrificed, and the yoke was burned. Uh, he turned his back on everything for the call. You see, that was his trade-off, one he was willing to take. He was willing to accept anointing instead of acceptance. He was willing to accept the miraculous for the mundane, the prophetic over the popular, the dangerous for the comfortable, the sacrifice instead of ease, God instead of self. Elijah was willing to trade everything he had for a double portion of anointing. Uh, you see, there's something that you need to know about trade-offs. Uh, when you make them, you don't know the value of it until later on. Uh, but you need to go ahead and make the trade. Uh, you see, God has incredible amounts of purpose and anointing that will never be grasped and realized until you make the trade. Uh, the Jordan River crossing uh, should let us know that sometimes you will have to go alone. Uh, uh, you, you have to make some trade-offs that, uh, that you will have to resist the urge to just give up and quit. Uh, just because you have a mantle and, and you made some trade-offs uh, does not grant you immunity from the obstacles. Uh, uh, even when you do it, rivers will still confront you. Uh, skeptics will still laugh at you. Uh, uh, enemies will still mock you. Uh, uh, your own moods and your own whims uh, will still try to hold you back and to destroy you. You have to get beyond the fact of throwing in the towel. You got to stand up like a man or a woman and simply persist and move forward. Uh, uh, Helen Keller said we can do anything we want as long as we stick to it 
long enough. Uh, uh, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Uh, uh, you see, uh, uh, what if Elijah would have thrown in the towel? What if he had given in to the thought of quitting? Uh, uh, you know the miracles that he was involved in. Uh, if he had, he would have never done the miracles through God. You remember the Jordan River crossing, uh, the salt-healed waters, uh, the two avenging bears. Uh, you remember the valley of ditches, the uh, Pot of oil, the resurrected child, uh, Naaman, the man who was a leper, the wayward sermon, the floating axe head. Uh, uh, you see, to cross the Jordan River means you have to hold on to your mantle. Uh, uh, that mantle is tied to the prophetic and to the past. Uh, the past and the prophetic will always be intertwined in the righteous linen of the mantle of God. If we ever forsake our past, we will forfeit the prophetic. Uh, uh, there was so much wrapped up in that mantle. It was one of those graphic, life-changing moments, a uh, time when it was a devotion uh, to Elijah, one of separation, uh, one of hardship and Terror, one great victory and nobility, one of special privilege and power. Uh, look back to the places in your lives where the mantle fell on you and called you out to serve, uh, to worship, to prayer, to conversion, as well as to sacrifice. Uh, it cannot be something that is just handled carelessly, uh, but it must be treasured with great care. But, but, but what this simply proves is that one man or one woman can make a difference. They can make a difference in a family. One man or one woman can make a difference in a school, in a church, in the world, and in all of eternity, one man or one woman can make a difference. Take the mantle that God gave to you and use it to the capacity that he has called you to. Uh, uh, whenever you appear to be backed up in a corner and think that just because you are alone that, that God cannot still prevail, uh, when you get weary, exhausted, when you are worn out, just remember that when Jesus took the little bit of fish and bread, there were still 12 baskets left over. None of us amount too much, amount to too much, but when God starts using us, look out. There's more than enough for the miraculous. Uh, I remember the time I came for God's son to go it alone on that hill called Calvary. Uh, there were two on his side, but they couldn't help him uh, while he hung there suffering uh, with blood running down from his forehead, uh, while he hung there with nails in his hand and a spike 
to his feet while he hung there. The breath was leaving rapidly from his body uh, while he hung there and was able to utter up words unto the people into thy hands. I commend my spirit uh, while he hung there turned his head to the side, uh, gave up the ghost, uh, and died on that cross. Uh, he died alone. Uh, did he not say, my God, my God, why have you uh, uh, just left me at this moment? He was by himself. Uh, he went it alone from that hill called Calvary to an old borrowed tomb. Uh, he went it alone when they laid him down in that tomb, uh, dressed him and put a napkin over his face. Uh, he went it alone while he laid there till early that Sunday morning, uh, early when he got up with all power in his hand and gave the right to the tree of life to each of us. He did it all by himself, uh, just for you and just for me. Uh, as Elijah was noted to us that we will find that in life, uh, we're going to have to go it alone. Uh, you have to go it alone when you accept him as savior in your life. Grandma and grandpa can't do it for you. Mom and dad has to get out of the way. Brother and sister can't push you up there. Your nephew and your niece uh, have nothing to do with it. You have to go it alone and receive him unto yourself as savior in your life. That's why he died. That's why he was buried. That's why he rose again from the dead. In order that you and I might have a right to the tree of life once again. That's why we can celebrate today. Grandfather's Day. Seasoned Citizens Day. Because of what God's son did for each of us. Amen. Through him, we have a right to eternal life. Amen. And we look forward to that day when he's coming back again for a church without spot mm -hmm. and without wrinkle. No, not the building. Coming back for us. Amen. The church that's in us. Amen. That which he died for and gave us this chance once again. The time will come when you have to go it alone. May God bless you. Amen. Amen.